If faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation, waiting here for you. Well, guys, I am excited about today. I am so excited to have the ability to serve in the capacity here at Ozark United Methodist Church as the Family Ministries Director. Um, it is a position that I do not take lightly. It is a position that um, I look forward to. I look forward to the future that we have here at the church. I look forward to the future that we have working with um, our students and the community that is around us because I feel as a church, we are not just called just to our students that are inside the church, but our students that are inside the community as well. We have a responsibility, a God-ordained responsibility for that. So today, it's titled, you can go back, it's okay, The Mission and the Dream. So The Mission and the Dream, it's so great that Pastor Jacob, in the weeks leading up to this, his sermon series out of Nehemiah, talking about the rebuilding and the dreaming and reviving, because it gives us such a blueprint going forward here in the church. On the 9th, so just a few weeks ago, Pastor Jacob spoke out of Nehemiah chapter 2. And he challenged us as a congregation to have God-sized dreams. Dreams that are bigger than us. And we saw that exemplified with Nehemiah. And dreams come to life when we pray and we fast when we're obedient to God and the timing of those dreams. The one thing is that I've heard in being here at Ozark UMC is that I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, man, we want our kids' ministry to be this. We want our youth to be able to do this. We want to be able to do this in the community. There's dreams all over this congregation. And they're God-given dreams. A lot of us have had dreams of, man, it'd be nice to have this type of ministry that ministers to just this certain age group so that way they don't feel left out. They don't feel forgotten. That's Holy Spirit-inspired. That's God moving. That's God speaking. And sometimes we can overlook it because we're like, oh, I'm just daydreaming. I'm just thinking. But no, it, that is God giving a dream. That's God placing something in this congregation for us to move forward with, to take on and to run with. The biggest thing that I need to, I want to set the stage for is that the dream, God is a dream giving God. God is about giving dreams to his children. Think about our, those of us that are parents and we've had our own children. We have dreams and hopes for our kids. We want them to achieve this. We want them to do this. And we'll do anything we can so that dream can be achieved. The other thing is you can never outdream God. Your, your biggest dream 
is never too big for God. God's dream for this congregation, God's dream for the city of Ozark, for the students of Ozark, is much bigger than we could ever hope to conceive. And we get to be participants in that dream. Years ago, I was at a conference and there was a speaker there, Dr. Mark Rutland. He was the president of Southeastern University down in Florida. And he was talking about dreams and he made this one statement and it has stuck with me. He goes, there's a reason why you were born you and not a chair. And when you think about that, I was born me. God designed me in the womb. God knit me together. God knew the plan that he had for me. And that's why I'm me. And I'm not a chair. Each one of us in this room, God knew you. He knit you. He, he put things inside of you. He gave you gifts. He gave you talents to use for his glory. And that's why you are you and you're not a chair. Because he has something bigger for you. He has something bigger for us as a congregation. He has something bigger for our students than what we could even hope. Than what we could even dream about. The mission. We can all dream, but we have to put it into action. Matthew twenty-two thirty-four through 40 says this, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. Everything hinges on these two things. Rules are important. And as we know, the nation of Israel was great with the rules. And the Pharisees were great in making sure that we followed the rules. In fact, there were 613 laws that they had to follow. 248 of them were things that you could do and 365 things that you could not do. Many of us have a problem following the one law that's on the road at the speed limit. So, like, how can we, you know, like, you know, how do we expect to follow 613? And Jesus boils it down to two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. With your head, with your heart, and with your hands. Love Him with that. And then secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those two things, those are the only two things that you need to remember out of everything, out of the 613 laws, out of the Ten Commandments, remember these two. 
And if you can remember these two, you'll follow all the rest. You don't have to worry about them. So why do I bring up this? Why do I bring up these laws? Because I see it as our mission. I see it as our mission for student ministries. And I keep saying student ministries, and I keep calling the children and the youth of our church students. I keep calling the children and the youth of our community students because they are one voice. We have many parts, but we have one voice, and they are our students. Our students have a voice, and we need to make sure we take care of what their need is. So why do I come up with why do I come out with this? This is our mission. OUMC Student Ministries exist to partner with parents to raise students who love God, love themselves, and love others. That's it. Here at the church, that is the mission for our children and our youth. This is how every type of ministry endeavor that we do with students is judged. Are we partnering with parents to raise students who love God, love themselves, and love others? If there's one thing that you remember out of today, out of every word that I speak, it is this one thing. We do not desire to be the parent for the students. But it is our job as the church to partner with parents. We believe that our job is to partner with parents and instead of, instead of taking the responsibility of raising the student. This means that we find ways to resource parents, come alongside them as they raise their student to love and serve God. This is all going to make sense when we come down to the end because it all comes down to one thing at the very end. But our greatest role with parents is to resource them as a ministry. It, this is thinking of ministry in a completely different way. That our job is to resource parents so that way when they're in the drive on the way to soccer practice, when they're sitting in the pickup and drop-off line at school, they can have conversation with their student about what God is doing in their life. What is God speaking to their student? What is God doing while they're at church, in their large group setting, in their small group setting, in their serving setting? What is God doing? Second, secondly, students who love God. In order for a student to build their faith in God, they first must learn to love God in a way that embodies their heart, soul, and mind. That once they learn that they learn to love God, that they can learn what He has for their life. That every student knows that God loves them and they're supposed to love God. That's so simple. 
And that if God says something, then I, then I respond and I do it. Because God is God and I am who I am. And he's in charge. The next, students who love themselves. This next step is critical in growing faith in students. That God made you the way that you are and he has a purpose for your life. That he gave you gifts and talents that were just for you. Because he has a purpose and a design for you. Because he knit you in the womb. Because he designed you to be exactly who you are. You should love yourself. I'm talking about being happy with who you are. That is such a critical thing, not only just for us in the Christian walk, but just for everybody in life, that we learn to love ourselves. Because if we don't love ourselves, how can we love somebody that is different than us? If we don't have a, an appreciation for what God designed. Lastly, that last part, loving others. Once a student has learned to love God and love themselves, it should, they should have a profound effect on the way that they love others. Our love for God is evident in the way that we love others. Giving students the ability to learn how to love others, how to serve in all capacities. How do we accomplish this mission? It's not based off programs. One thing is, is with student ministries, I do not believe that we design the way that we do things based off of a program of, oh, we've done this and we've done this all the time. So we should keep doing it. Okay, so does it cause a student to love God? Yes. Does it cause a student to love themselves? Does it cause them to love others? Yeah? Okay, here's the last thing. Does it partner with parents? No. It's got to meet those four criteria. It's not about programs. It's about a process. It's about taking our students through a process of learning how to love God, love themselves, and love others, and how parents can be involved in that process. People say, well, Mike, you don't... There's kids that are going to come to the church that don't have parents that are active in their life. And that is, that is great. I want those students here. There's no better place for them to be. Because we can love on them. We can be there to be godly examples of what a, of a Christian woman should be and a Christian man should be that fears and loves God but we're still going to reach out to that parent and constantly resource them. We want them to know that they have an integral part in their students' spiritual formation. Like I said, we're not built around programs, but we're built around a process. The process is dedicated, uh, dictated by our mission statement and the thought that it drives of what a student should be and the opportunities that students should have. 
four core values to remember with this. Worship. We believe that every student should be actively involved in a personal and corporate encounter with God. We believe that every student should be actively um, involved in this, not referring to the act of worship, but much more as the ongoing time with God. So not just that they come together corporately, but they also have an active time of worship with God in their own personal life. That puts a lot of responsibility on the ministry to provide the ability for that to happen in the student's life. This is considered our first step. Everything that we do has to center around that. In order for anyone to take the second step that we're going to move into, the first step has to happen and it has to lead them into a thirst for God's presence in their life. So they know that they can access God at any point in time. That while they're at their school walking around, that they know that they can call out to God and they can pray to Him and He will answer. That He will be there for them. To have an act of worship in their life. Second thing is fellowship. The beauty of the Christian faith is that God has built into us the desire to walk through life with other people going through the same things as us. Students are the same way. Junior hires understand junior hires because they're going through the same struggles. And if we give them opportunity to be with each other and fellowship with each other, it only causes them to grow. Elementary students understand the struggles that they're going through. And we provide them those opportunities. Same with high school and middle school. Even preschoolers. So we have to provide the opportunity for them to fellowship with each other. The third thing is discipleship. Our desire is that every student would have a commitment to ongoing spiritual and relational health. Requires that the student would take extra step towards growing as an individual and a follower of Jesus. The value of growth is something that has to happen intentionally through discipleship and a clear focus on where we want a student to be once they graduate from the ministry. So it's looking at what do we want a senior in high school when they graduate? What do we want them to look like? What is it that we want them to know? What are the experiences we want to have provided for them? And then we work backwards to make sure that happens. So we look at pivotal points. Where is it that we want a five-year-old to be? A kindergartner. When they start in elementary division, where do we want them to be? Where do we want a fifth grader, sixth grader to be when they're done with the middle school time? Where is it that we want to see an eighth grader be at spiritually? These are all pivotal points along this path of raising our students to love God, love themselves, and love others. A student who is growing should be constantly seeking out other ways to understand God's love as well as a different way to show other people God's love. That is the mark of growth in our students. 
That's when you see spiritual growth happening, is that students are constantly seeking out other ways to understand God's love. They're digging into His Word. And then they're taking what they read and they apply it to their life. The last thing, ministry. Every student who takes active steps to grow will live a life of service. Every student who takes these steps cannot help but grow and cannot help but serve. If we do these three things, these, our students are going to serve. It's the culmination of everything of it. One of the first measurable parts of this value is the student's desire to be baptized, is to go through confirmation. It's how they understand their life and their service. Students that are growing will serve in other ways of the church, serve in other ways inside the ministry, becoming leaders amongst their peers in their classes, performing various tasks of service, doing community-based work and projects, and much more things than what we can currently offer and things that we could currently dream because God will be giving them dreams. We also strive in the student ministries to give students the opportunity to be involved Involved in serving through missions. Jesus' last words on earth when he left go into the uttermost parts of the world. Go into Judea, Jerusalem, and Samaria. The uttermost parts of the world. Go, go. Tell people about my love. And I believe our students have that. And they need those opportunities. This means elementary, middle school, junior high, high school students all having the opportunity to go on missions trips and serve their own ministry as well. Our desire is to produce a student so committed to growth that they serve in any way that God has called them to. So the next slide here is the mission and the divisions of ministry. I'm going to break this down just a little bit. So this is part of the process. That, our minute, that what we do for our students is designed in divisions. Early childhood, so that's birth through five years old, not in kindergarten yet. Elementary is kindergarten through fourth grade. Middle school is 5th and 6th graders. Junior high is 7th and 8th. And high school is ninth through 12th. I am so sorry this thing is... <laughs> and the reason why we are breaking these up in these divisions in the way that we are, especially with the elementary and middle school, that is where Ozark School District is going. Within two years, that's how things are going to be broken up. Fifth and sixth grade is going to be in middle school. So we're going to pivot ourselves in that point now. We have, a, we have a good number of fifth and sixth graders in this church. And we do not want to lose any of them. We want to provide that ministry opportunity for them. That they are getting taught and they are being stretched. So we're going to pivot to it now so that way in two years we don't have to pivot to it 
So we're in line and we're building ourselves that way. But with these divisions, like, there's elements that have to be a part of all of them. There has to be a large group worship experience for our students. There has to be a small group experience for our students where they can take what they've learned in the large group and they can break it down and discuss it and in fellowship with each other. So that way that they can ask the questions that, caught, that spurred on there. Also, a time for connecting. A time for them to have additional discipleship methods. And then ability to serve. One of the things that, how this happens is a unified curriculum across all student ministries. And when I say curriculum, I know that can kind of have a stale type taste to it sometimes, but it's our scope and sequence of how a child and how a youth move through the Word of God to become a fully rounded person. It also, this curriculum gives the abilities for families to learn and grow together. The curriculum has a, an element to it that goes home to the parents via email. So the way the parent gets it, and it, become, it has devotions with it. It has discussion of what was taught that week. So what are kids in the nursery, our babies, are being taught, our preschoolers are being taught, our elementary students are being taught, middle school, junior high, and high school, they're all being taught the same passage of Scripture for the week in their own developmental stage. All activities are in their developmental stage. But it makes it easy for a family to be able to sit down and have a conversation at dinner with their students. It gives it an easy time for parents to be able to say, you know what? We can have family devotion because we're all on one page. It also gives our students the ability to have devotions that will be given to them that they can take home for the week that they can do on their own in their own developmental stage. High schoolers will get it. Elementary students will get it. Preschoolers will have it. It's all built into it. Some people may say, well, Mike, does this really exist? It does exist, and that's what we're doing. <laughs> it's not a lofty dream, but it is reality. The other thing with this, I talked about missions. We have to give our students the ability to serve. I fully believe 100% fifth and sixth graders go on a mission trip. I love it. I love kids going on missions trips. I'm not sending fifth and sixth graders to the jungles of Africa. Okay? I'm just going to, we're going to dispel that right now. <laughs> we're not sending them to Africa. They're going to stay in the state of Missouri. <laughs> okay? But they will go on a missions trip. They're going to go serve. They're going to learn what it means to serve and how to share their testimony, and what God has done for them. Our 7th and 8th graders, our junior hires, they have a missions trip as well that is out of the state. 
to stretch our students, our high schoolers. How many believe that high schoolers need to be stretched beyond what they are right now to get them ready for real life? We should have every hand up. Our high schoolers going on an overseas missions trip out of the country. Giving them the ability and the opportunity to serve in a completely different capacity. All of this does not come without training. It does not come without discipleship. It does not come without us as a unified body partnering with parents to raise kids who love God, love themselves, and love others. It is all of us working together. We as the church have the responsibility. It is our responsibility because the dream all started with all of you guys. I've heard the dream. We need our students stretched. We want our students to grow. We want the ministry to grow. We want our church to grow. We, and Pastor Jacob has laid out so brilliantly that the focus of the church is students. And now is the time. Now is the time for us to put a focused, lasered effort on our students. They deserve it. Our community deserves it. One of the greatest things when I entered this church years ago, the greatest thing I felt in this church was a sense of family. And I think everybody here would say the exact same thing. Man, my church family is there for me. Our students and our community need to feel that. We have a responsibility. To not, not only by God, but to our community, to raise up the next generation of world changers in a world that so desperately needs to hear the hope and the faith and the love of Jesus. The dream has now come and has become a mission. And we will continue to dream from this point on. We serve in many capacities because we are the body of Christ and we all have many parts. This cannot become a ministry where but a small few are involved. Our mission and dream for the future of OUMC is in our students to reach families in the community. We all have to be involved and we all have to be invested. We believe in the ones in the, that are a part of the student ministries as now. I've met with them. We believe, and I firmly stand here and I believe this as well, that 75% of the people in our church should be involved in student ministries. Oh, Mike, that's just a great number. You're just trying to get a bunch of people to sign up to hold babies. Yes, I am. Because babies are key 
Oh, Mike, you're just trying to get teachers for classrooms. Yes, I am. Because how will our students have fellowship and how will they have discipleship if we don't do it? Oh, Mike, you're just trying to get people to be upstairs with the youth so the way Melissa doesn't have to do games. Yes, I am. Melissa should not be stressing about what game we're playing in youth. Melissa's greatest role, she didn't know I was going to put her on the spot. (laughs) He's right. I don't like having to come up with the games. Her greatest role is connecting with students and then telling them the Word of God. That's the greatest thing that she can do as the leader of the youth division. We need people. Yes, to play in games. Yes, to hold babies. Yes, to teach classes. Yes, we need, a, we need an art teacher for elementary division. I've got all those typical things that we think of. But the thing is, is you may be sitting there saying, well, Mike, I don't have, I really don't like working with kids one-on-one. I don't really do kids. Um, not, not really that much. That's great. But what did God give you a talent to do? Because God has given us all a talent in our life and multiple talents. And he gave them to us so that way we can use them in service to his cause. To reach people for Jesus. There is a spot for you on the team. At a previous church that I was at, I had this one girl. She came to me and she looked at me and she said, You know, Mike... I really don't like kids. Okay. She said, I don't like kids and I don't really want to work with kids. I don't like working with one of them. She goes, they got stuff that comes out of their nose and it's just gross. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's, you know, I've got, you know, it's okay. She goes, but I really feel that I have a responsibility to serve. I said, well, what do you like doing? she goes, I like fashion. Yes, you do. (laughs) And I said, that's great. Because you know what? Our students, let's design a clothing line for our students. Track with me here. So I had our logo of the ministry and everything like that. She came up with the whole line of clothes. She did it four times a year. She found a supplier. She took care of all the ordering. She took care of everything. And you know what that did? It gave us the opportunity to feed money into the ministry to help with our in-school and technology advances. So it provided evangelism and abilities for our students to reach their friends at school. It also provided us abilities for technology as well. All because she served. She didn't want to work with kids. And I'm fine with that. You don't have to work with students. But you do need to serve. 
And I am. I'm calling us to action as a church. God's calling us as a body to serve the students of this church and of this community. What is God calling you to today? Maybe you're like, Mike, I can't do anything, but I can build. Okay, that's great. I've got plenty of stuff that we can build because I'm making a list. And those of you that have been around me (laughs) in the past few weeks, you know my list is growing. (laughs) We have opportunity everywhere. This is a whole church effort to give our students the very best opportunity for us as a church to partner with parents to raise kids and students who love God, love themselves, and love others. I'm going to have the worship team. They're going to sing. And during that time, I want... I want to challenge you. Come to the altar. I know for me, a lot of times I got to get out of my spot because I, I need to focus. I love God to speak. Be at your seat, that's fine too. But I want you to spend some time with God while they sing. What is it that He's asking you to do? How is He asking you to be involved? And if he doesn't tell you or you don't know yet, take an, take an assessment of your talents that he's given you. And say, God, speak to me this week. Let me know. But let's spend some time with the Lord. Faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation, waiting here for you. Waiting here for you. You're the Lord of all creation. And still you know my heart, the author of salvation. You loved us from the start. Waiting here for you, with our hands lifted high in praise. And it's you. We adore, singing alleluia. You are everything you've promised. Your faithfulness is true. We're desperate for your presence. All we need 